Welcome to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. The title is Foundations, Framework and Finishing Touches. Foundations, Framework and Finishing Touches. It'll it'll make sense when we get there, but who's had a good week? Russell was asking me before if if everybody in Queensland thought that COVID had hit here, but it hasn't hit here, it's hit in Melbourne. So he he was just wondering where some people were this morning, but... Let's pray for all those people in Melbourne. My friend who runs a church, the poor guy, has gone into lockdown for the fourth time. Uh, and he says, it's just so demoralised. But, you know, I was complaining a little bit when it's cold. And then Anna was saying, well, actually, I was just down in uh, Tasmania and it was like three degrees. I said, fine, we're fine. It's, it's all good. But I'm excited and, I, and I'm glad you're here. And I hope this word blesses you. And uh, Nick's not here, so she's obviously doing kids or something like that. But I felt like I, I had a word for Nick, but I'll give that to her later. And uh, can I just say, you guys bless me. Uh, just who you are, the way you do life, the way you carry yourselves, the faith that you have. And I, as, as, I, as I mentioned, I want to stir that this morning, okay? So who's ready for the word? Yeah. Come on, talk to me. You know, the quieter you are, the longer I preach. <laughs> so you just shout me down and we'll be done in 10 minutes, however you want to stand In Matthew 7, I just want to bring a few scriptures and then a few thoughts around this. But in Matthew 7, starting in verse 24, it says, Therefore, everyone. Everyone say, that's me. So I'm an everyone. It says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell with a great crash. Matthew 4, 4 says, But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. You don't have this one, Amanda, but 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Uh, I, I love this because it says everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, I liken to a wise man. But whoever hears these words and doesn't put them into practice, doesn't follow them, doesn't adhere to them, doesn't make them their own, I liken him to a foolish man who built upon sand, the shifting. If, if we find ourselves anywhere right now, it's in seasons of sifting and shifting. Yeah, where a lot of things are outside of our control, where we can't control, manipulate, or contain, we, if you're in Melbourne right now, you're in lockdown. Yeah. You've got a curfew. You don't go 5Ks from home. You don't go to church. You don't go to the gym. You are you are contained. Uh, and, and, I, and I love this because then it goes on, you know, in Timothy, say all scriptures God-breathed, God-inspired. What God says is what he wants you to know, what he wants you to hear, what he wants you to be led by. Uh, when God says what he says, he's not joking, he's not mucking around, he's not trying to pull the wool over our eyes, he's trying to instruct us how to live and do life well. And so I, I ask myself, so what are these words? Anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, I like it to a wise man 
we built upon a rock, upon a solid foundation that couldn't be shifted. So, what, you know, if you go back through it, that was in Matthew 7, but if you look in Matthew 5 and 6 and 7, we have the, the Beatitudes. We have Jesus basically talking to a group of people about the issues of life. It's Jesus talking about what really matters in life. And so often I think we can, we can just get that one or two degrees off course where we forget what really matters in life. What's really important in life, and we start doing life as everybody else is. But, but you know, in, in Matthew 5, Matthew 6, Matthew 7, Jesus starts talking about prayer, the need for prayer, about, about not worrying like the world worries, not being con- taken by and concerned with the cares of the world. He says, don't worry. Don't worry what you'll eat, what you'll drink, what you'll wear. That's what the world does. I want you to put your eyes on me. I want you to focus on me because I have the best life for you. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to look after you. It says, look at the, the birds of the air, the lilies of the field. Look at, you know, God looks after these. How much more valuable are you to God than these? And the reality of this life is it's the same for all of us. Yeah. Life is the same for all of us. Yeah. We all face things. We all walk through challenges. We all come against storms. We all have victories. Life is the same for all of us. The rains come, the streams rise, and the winds blow. But what we've built our lives upon determine whether we'll stand or fall. It's it's not hard. You know, it is hard, but it's not hard. But but it is hard doing life in Christ. It is hard following God's ways because my nature doesn't want to. And society tells me not to. And like Justin was saying, you can speak whatever you like into your life, into your marriage, into your circumstances, into your finances, but why not speak faith? Why not speak truth? Why not speak the word of God and watch what God does when he attaches his power, his supernatural, to your natural, to your word, to the the declarations that you make? But I wanted to reorient us again today to what are we building our lives upon? What really matters? Amen? Because everyone loves the finishing touches, right? And even if I talk in, in, the, in the building context, that everybody loves the finishing touches, the skirting, the architraves, the stone bench top, the glass splashback. I remember uh, a few years ago when Melissa and I were building our house, and we went down to the headquarters of, of the building company that was building for us on the Gold Coast. We spent two days, two days choosing the carpet colour, choosing the skirting. Are we going to have this one or this one? Are we going to do this? Or, you know, how high is the ceiling going to be? What's the cornice going to look like? Are we having glass for a splashback or tiles? Like, and, and we just picked out every finishing touch. But what I was surprised about was they never once asked me about the slab. What sort of slab would you like? Like grey, or do you want to, you know, we weren't having exposed concrete, it was, it was we were having timber floors, but, and they never asked me about the frame. What, what, sort, what sort of frame do you want? They didn't ask me about that, they just they kept showing me all the finishing touches. Oh, you, you could have this light, you could have this pendant, you could have this fan, you could, all the, we, we love the finishing touches, but we don't always focus on the foundation or the framework. Without the foundation, without the framework, you can't have the finishing touches. But we live in a society that, that looks at and majors on the finishing touches, the house, the car, the clothes, the accessories. 
And all these things are good, the holidays, the followers, but we rarely look at the character or the morals or the commitments and the non-negotiables and we wonder why society finds itself in the state we do. Because yeah. I'm looking at, most people are leveraged to the hill. Most people that have actually don't have what they have has them because <laughs> they're paying it off and they will be for the next 20 years or whatever it might be. Uh, and now, what, what I was taken by has consumed me. Yeah, what I was concerned with, what I was looking at has consumed me. And, you know, we've got the highest rates right now of, of divorce, <laughs> of suicide, of addiction, of depression that we've had. But, but all through the world, it says, be anxious for nothing. Don't worry. Cast your cares upon me because I care for you. Look to me and I'll lead you and guide you. But we're looking to other things that are being taken by them, consumed by them, burdened down by them, and wondering why I'm not enjoying life. Yes. The word says rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances. Why? Because this is God's will for your life. God wants you in joy. God wants you in peace. God wants you in joy. The devil comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you may have life and life more abundantly. The life that God has for you is an abundant life, a big life, a blessed life, a joyous life, a fun life. If that doesn't describe your life, it can today. Because God only wants the best. He says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Nothing that comes against you will be able to take you. You are victorious in life because of Jesus Christ. I remember, does anybody remember the 2011 floods in Brisbane? Yeah. We were living in Sydney at the time. They were massive floods. Uh, biggest of the time. I, I don't know if we've ever had bigger in Brisbane. I'm not sure. But um, the 2011 floods and Rivers Roads. I had a friend in Ipswich. I, I flew up about four times to help rebuild a house uh, and a church. So that was part of our missions work from, from our Sydney-based church. Uh, and, and I went and I saw um, one of my friend's houses that got totally engulfed. Now, she was a prayer, and about six months before, God had spoken to her in her prayer time to change her insurance. She was the only person in her street that got flood damage, flood cover, because she just she checkboxed one thing that, that gave her full cover for flood, right, whether it was falling rain or rising rain. But they lived in the bottom of this, this street, and they said it was like a reverse bathtub. The water just kept rising and rising and rising and rising until it was over their roof. Wow. They lost absolutely everything. Um, and and the, the amazing thing was I went and saw their house, and then I saw the house that we were rebuilding, the church we were building, the, all the beautiful finishing touches, all the skirting and, and the nice jib rock and the, the glass, everything that was add-on had to be stripped away. The only thing, if the house wasn't knocked down totally to be rebuilt upon the foundation, it was stripped back to frame stage. And it was an amazing thing. This, everything that we care about, everything that we worry about, wonder about, want, was the very things that had to get stripped away. Because after a flood like that, there's a lot of mud. There's a lot of things that have come against us and stuck to us that needs to be stripped away. And... Uh, it's the framework and the foundation of events. Yeah. He who hears the words of mine and applies them to their life, I liken to a wise man. I don't know about you, Russell, I, I want to I live a big life. I want to live a full-on life. That's the life God calls us to. I, I want to live a smart life. I want to live according to God's ways. You know, it's trusting the Lord with all your heart. 
but I, but I trust what you're right. You told me this, and I've experienced this, and I've seen this, and I know this, so I'm going to trust in that. No, no, forget that. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And always acknowledge Him. He will direct your paths. Yeah. And uh, I was thinking about, you know, it says in Proverbs 11.3, the integrity of the upright will guide them, but the unjust are destroyed by their duplicity. And I wonder, how often am I saying God's things but doing Christian's things? Preaching this but doing that. Because in my humanity, that's what I'm pulled to. I want to encourage us to simply live according to what God says is good for our lives and watch the blessing that comes upon us. Because man looks at the outward appearances. God looks at the heart. Man's looking at at, at the, at the rich, the famous, the haves, the, the have-nots, the influences, the social media. That's what that's what we're looking at. But God's looking at the heart. God, just give me a heart. If you give me a heart, if you give me all of who you are, I'll, I'll do all that I can in your life. And 1 Samuel 16 says, this, But the Lord said to Samuel, Don't consider his appearance or his height, for I've rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. I had a few, just a few thoughts this morning. How do we build our life upon the rock? Because the storms will come, the streams will rise, the winds will blow, and I don't want to fall. I want to be standing strong. I want to, I want to be upon the rock of salvation. I want to be standing upon that foundation that can't be shifted or sifted or taken away. And the first thing I'd say is this, and it's, it's what Russell mentioned. When you build your house upon the rock by guarding your heart, Guard your heart. Don't let the cares of the world overtake you and consume you. You know, Proverbs says, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. That's the NIV, the Amplified. Watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flows the springs of life. The heart is the thing that God looks at, but it's also the thing the devil goes after. He wants your heart. He wants you in discord. He wants you in disarray. He wants you uh, discouraged. The devil wants to come against you and tell you everything you're not. He wants to call you by your sin. He wants to remind you of your past, what you've been through, what you've experienced, what you've been Guard your heart. Guard your heart. Because if he can get you worried, he wins. But if you stay in faith, you win. And, you know, in 1 Peter 5, 8, it says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith. Resist him, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. But may the God of all grace, who's called us to eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you've suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. That's life upon a rock, that's building upon a strong foundation. The devil will come against you. He's seeking who he may devour. Resist him steadfast in faith. Amen. Resist. How do you push back on the devil? How do you push back on his attacks, the storms, the challenges? Stay in faith. Stand in faith. Remain in faith. When it takes, when you gritted teeth, God, I believe. God, God, I believe. I don't know how this is going to happen, but God, I believe. We've been through this one too many times. We're, we're facing this again. We're challenged again. But God, I believe. Let that be your position in life. God, I don't know. I don't understand. But I believe. Can I encourage you that this morning? Just believe. Because God wants to perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. You're very quiet this morning, but that's all right. Second thing is to take your thoughts captive. 
You travel in life in the direction of your dominant thoughts. Take your thoughts captive. Yeah. Your best days lay ahead. The scripture says the way of the righteous winds upwards to a better day, to a brand new day, to a, a new day in God. That, that tomorrow is going to be better than today. Today is going to be better than yesterday. That there is a future and a hope. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a future and a hope. Take your thoughts captive. Don't let your thoughts take you captive. <laughs> Because again, that's what the enemy, if he, can, if he can get your heart, if he can get your anxious, if he can get your nervous, and if he can get your thoughts in this dark, depressed, contained state, you'll be limited in life. But, but again, Matthew says, don't worry. Philippians says, be anxious for nothing. You know, God says, fear not, for I am with you. Neither be dismayed. I am your God. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Fear not. I'm just preaching myself happy this morning. I just, I, you know, I just want to. This is this is good news. The gospel is the good news of Jesus. This is good news for our lives. And no matter where, I'm, I'm running on two hours sleep, but I don't care. God is good all the time. Amen. He's worthy to be praised. He's worthy to be followed. He's worthy to be worshipped. We should worship Him with everything we've got. You know, Romans 12 so says, "Don't be conformed to this world any longer with its superficial values and customs." Be transformed and progressively changed as you mature spiritually by the renewing of your mind. Focus on bodily values and ethical attitudes so that you may prove for yourselves what uh, the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect in his plan and purpose for you. God's will for your life is magnificent. Like Russell said, God was and wanted you. God thought about you, so he created you. And he said, let us make man in our image, in our image and in our likeness. And they're not going to do life on their own. We're going to do life with them. Then we're going to give them our spirit. And they're going to be empowered for the life we've called them to. Your life is magnificent. Your life is an adventure. Live it. Live it fully. Live it holy. Live it excited. Live it happy. Live it up. And God is glorified through that. 2 Corinthians 10 says, The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. When I was thinking about this message, I was thinking about my dad. My dad, I was raised Catholic, which I mentioned a few weeks ago. And so, so literally, I've been in church from day one of being born. Uh, so for 45 years, I've been in church, and my dad is an anomaly. Uh, I'm one of seven kids. Uh, he just gives and gives and gives and gives. But not just of his finances, he gives of himself. When we were in the Catholic church, he'd go and pray with people. He'd go and take people Holy Communion. He'd, he'd do funerals. He'd do weddings. He'd do hospital visits. He does the same stuff for the last 45 years. That's all. He gives his money away all the time. But he's never lacked anything. By the world's standards, he doesn't have much. Wouldn't represent much necessarily if you met him and you saw it. Yet he leads three to five people to Christ every week. Wow. Every single week. Going and visiting the sick, uh, you know, in the in cancer wards. And he, he leads three to five people to Christ. When he was up here just the other week, he was telling me, I led three people to Christ down on the river. I went down to this cafe and I led them, they're probably going to come to your church. I led two of them to Christ. He's consumed with the things of God. And I'm telling you, he, he lives blessed. They moved into a rental where they were told a new hospital's been built at St. Ives and uh, at um, French's Forest. And 
uh, they were told you can move in here for about $200 a week, $300 a week rent, but it's only for four months. They've lived there for five years. So, so the rent in Sydney is skyrocketing. That, it, you probably should be paying well in excess of $1,000, $1,200 a week. For five years, God has made a way. God has, and it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. I remember they were in Hawaii and uh, they had a holiday in Hawaii. They were about to fly home. They went to a church service. I think he had $50 left in his wallet. So he goes, oh, well, we're in church. I've got to give. So he gave. So they had no money left in their wallet. But his, his thoughts were, well, I'll give you food on the plane. So, but then he gets to the airport. He forgot about the exit taxes. And so they said, well, that's $20 for you and $20 for your wife. He's had no money. He said, all right, God, well, you got me into this, so you'll get me out of it. And he said, somebody literally walked along and said, I don't know why, but I just feel that you were this and handed him $50. All, all, I'm, all I'm trying to say by that is it's, it's not about the amount. It's not about, but it's about God will make a way. Yeah, when we stop looking and concerning our things with the things of life, when we take captive every thought, when your dominant thought is God is able, yeah. God is able, God will. Now, to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or imagine, to him be the glory. Yeah. When, we, when we fix our thoughts, when we take our thoughts captive and we say, God is able, it's like that scripture in Hebrews that said, we're not of those that shrink back, whoops, under destruction, we're of those that press forward under salvation. We, we don't shrink back, we press forward in life. That's the position and posture of faith. God is able. I want to encourage you this morning, wherever you're at, no matter what your circumstances, no matter what your God is able. And Nick, I felt at the beginning during worship that you're about to enter into breakthrough of answer. Uh, you've been wondering about one thing specifically, praying to God. I don't even know if it's, it's, it's coming. It's about to be answered. God's about to answer that one major thing that you've had sitting on your heart for some time. It's about to happen. Very good. When we build our lives worried and concerned about the things of the world, we're building on sifting and shifting sands. God wants you to build upon the solid rock of his word. The last thing I'd say is this. Sow seeds of faith. Sow seeds of faith. Do what God says. The way you sow seeds of faith is to do what God says. What was the last thing God asked you? Did you do it? But sometimes we can we go, well, God, did you feel afar off? God, I don't feel like I've heard your voice. God, I want you to leave me. I want you to go, did you do the last thing he told you to do? If not, why don't you just circle back around and say, God, I'm going to make this right. You asked me to do this, that's what I'm going to do. You, you, know, you, you said you'd leave me. You said you'd go, I love this in Galatians 6. It says this, it says, the one who is taught the word of God is to share all good things with the, the teacher, contributing to spiritual material support. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. He will not allow himself to be ridiculed, nor treated with contempt, nor allow his precepts to be scornfully set aside. And there's a scripture that says there is a way that seems right to man, but then it's in his death. There's another scripture that says all things are permissible, but not all things are beneficial. You can do anything you like in life, but there will be a repercussion for what you do. And when I walk in the flesh, I sow to the flesh. But when I walk in the spirit, of the spirit I reap life. I want this to be the greatest year of your life. I don't care about a virus. I don't care about seasons and situations. And so I want you to experience the greatest season of your life right now. Because that's what the word says you can have. You can walk blessed. You can walk in peace. You can walk with joy. You can have, have this cloud that lifts off you and you can see clearly again. I want us as a church to see clearly 
the days ahead and all that God is calling us to. Because it's his promise and it's his word. It's the foundation that we can stand upon. Whatever a man sows, this and this only will be read. For the one who sows to the flesh, sinful capacities, worldliness, his disgraceful impulses, will reap of the flesh, with the flesh ruin and destruction. But the one who sows to the spirit will from the spirit reap eternal life. Let's not grow weary and becoming or become discouraged in doing good for at the proper time we will reap if we do not give in. The biggest decision we've got to make daily is am I going to live in fear or am I going to live in faith? Am I going to walk according to the customs of the world or am I going to walk according to what God calls me to? One of my favourite things in life is just to read the Word. Just just to let it wash over my mind, to worship. I don't know about you, but you can come in here feeling tired, feeling worn out, feeling dry from the week that's been and you start to worship. You start to declare truth. You start to declare scripture. You start to speak the word of God. Something happens. Why can you encourage you every day you love worship? Turn it on in the car, put it on in the house, just sing yourself, whatever. I don't care what you do, just worship. Find your favorite song. Send it to a friend. Listen to this, it'll help you. But stir yourself. Let's stir ourselves, church. Let's be a light in a dark world. Let's make a difference in life. Hebrews 11 says, faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. You may not have seen the things you desire. But God says, delight yourself with the Lord. He will give you the desires of your heart. So many of the things that we strive for, God wants to give to us, but he can't because we're focused on the wrong things. It says, every good and perfect gift comes to us from Father and heaven. Can I encourage you this way? Just, just do something different. Don't strive. Don't stress. Don't freak out. Don't worry. Wait on God. I want you what he will do. He wants to bless you. He wants to love on you. I love what it says in Psalms 32. It says, you're my hiding place. You protect me from trouble. You surround me with songs of victory. Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for life. I will advise you and watch over you. Psalm 32, verse 7. That's God's promise for your life. When we do what God says, we'll see what God does. It's as simple as that. And we want to complicate things, but surely I have to do something else. Surely there's a penance to pay. Surely it's 50 Hail Marys and I've got to kneel inside the bed. Just give God time. Just give Him your heart. Just, Just open yourself up to reality of God in your life and watch what he does. If we build our, our lives upon what God says, we can stand against the flood-like onslaught that the enemy brings. I'm going to finish with this. Isaiah 59 says, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit will lift up a world by standing against it. God wants to work on your behalf. God wants to go before you this week. God wants to make a way where there seems to be no way. He wants to defeat the enemy on your behalf. Just get out of the way. Just take your hands off the wheel. Say, God, I believe. I'm going to guard my heart. I'm going to stay in faith. I'm going to take my thoughts captive. God, I believe. This is going to be the greatest week of your life. It's going to be the greatest month of your life. You're going to have the greatest end to a year you've ever had before because God, again, is for you and not against you. Amen. We stand to our feet this morning.
close your eyes just for a second. Lord, thank you for your word. It's living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. Lord, able to divide between the bones and barrier to come to the soul of a man. God, I pray that your word this morning will bring life, will bring freedom, deliverance, energy, life. Thanks for listening to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. For more life-changing messages, visit us online at c3noosa.org. If you've been blessed by this message, please consider partnering with us financially to see the work of God continue flourishing in and through C3 Church Noosa. God bless.